For a period of five years, the Taylor County, Georgia Lady Vikings won 132 straight basketball games without a loss. Remarkably, even after the winning streak was broken in 1972, they kept fighting and won their fifth consecutive state championship. In case you were wondering, that is an amazing run. A run that resulted in this team becoming absolutely legendary in Georgia and written about in sports columns all over the country. You'll be amazed at the emotion after over 50 years when Bunny Fuller Harris talks about the first time she ever experienced a loss on the basketball court. Nothing about this feat was easy. Everything about it was absolutely remarkable. Mark and Bunny Fuller Harris are my guests today, and they have an amazing story. Mark and Bunny have several things in common. For starters, their union produced a wonderful daughter who's now a college professor. They think their son-in-law hung the moon, and their grandbaby girl, Sarah Grace, brings joy to their lives like they never thought possible. Both Mark and Bunny also had wonderful parents and both were raised in rural areas with a simple but profound way of life that most cannot even imagine. They are both college-educated scholars, but folks who were already educated more than most before they ever went for formal training. Mark and Bunny spent their careers as public school educators, and there's a long list of people they have influenced and still influence in powerful ways and I can promise you they are both esteemed highly by all who know them. But they also have something else in common. They both grew up under the tutelage of Georgia Hall of Fame basketball coach Norman Carter. Coach Carter was the mastermind of the team that won 132 straight games. Although it obviously takes a cohesive team and much basketball talent to win like they did, make no mistake, Bunny was the chief cog of that amazing team. Bunny later played college basketball at the University of Georgia, and her name is inscribed today on a monument right behind the UGA Basketball Coliseum. But Norman Carter also coached boys for a few years before he completely focused on girls' basketball. He succeeded at that as well. Mark was a key part of a team that won another state championship. You're about to hear a story of a real salt-of-the-earth couple who has accomplished great things in this life. It is also a story of high school basketball like you've never heard and the adoration they have for a coach who helped form their lives and some of the lessons they learned. It could be worse Laugh, think, and cry With the country undertaker This is Bruce Goddard, and you're listening to the View from a Hearse podcast. As I mentioned, I've got longtime friends with me on the phone, Mark and Bunny Harris. Bunny and I started in the first grade together. Mark and, and Bunny have been married for I don't know how many years. They have an interesting life besides what we're going to talk about. 
Uh, Kathy and I have been out to their house. They they live in in the the Fuller place where Bunny grew up, but they've got a beautiful farm, a beautiful farmhouse. These guys live life to the fullest, and I want you guys to meet them. They're special people. So, Mark, I start with you. You taught school forever. You're history buff. You have a heck of a lot of students that follow you and look up to you. Uh, you've made a quite a splash. But I also know you're a farmer at heart. So just talk about a little bit who you are. Well, I, I grew up on the farm out on the Butler level. And uh, my brother and I, Sandy, still have that property at least peach growers now. But it's got a special place in my heart. And and we go out there every summer and get peaches. And it, it's become almost a religious pilgrimage for us to go out there, Bunny and I. And... Uh, so yeah, you're right, farming has been a big part of my life, but I also had to make a living. <laughs> so along about 1986, I started teaching school and uh, I retired at the end of the 2009-2010 school year. So yeah, I spent about 24 years teaching at Taylor County High School and, and I enjoyed 99% of the time that I was there. And, you know, there's, there's always some things that are, are not very enjoyable about any job. But, but yeah, it was, it was a good job. And I hope, I hope you're right when you say that some of my students have uh, remembered me fondly. There, there's no question about it. There's no question. They follow every word you speak on social media. I know they all look, after, look up to you. There's no question about that. I guarantee you. Yeah, you guys, it's almost like going back in time when you go to your house. It's just neat. Your farmer at heart, Bunny's at her place where she grew up. And, of course, I knew Bunny's parents well. Bunny's mama taught me in the fifth grade. It's just uh, incredible to see you guys living life. Bunny, tell them who you are. Okay, well, I grew up as Bunny Fuller. Even to this day, I know um, when somebody – speaks to me in the grocery store or at the dollar store or around town and they call me bunny fuller that they knew me a long time ago either in school or teaching them before i married mark and became a harris or basketball and lots of times it'll be basketball because that was such a big part of my life and the whole life of the community too i grew up here in taylor county um, after college, I came right back here and started teaching, and um, it's been my home and proud of it. I live with Mark in the house where I actually grew up. During retirement, we've decided to move back here. We farm the little farm we have back here and just have a good time with our children our, and grandchild. Your daughter, Katie, is a she teaches. She's a professor at, at Andrew College, right, in Cuthbert. You guys are enjoying life with with uh, Katie and Ryan and Sarah, uh, a big part of your life. I know they come up a lot, and you guys are having a ball being grandparents now, right? That's right. We really enjoy our little Sarah. Sarah Grace is uh, nearly four. Yeah, so it's fun watching you. I see you on social media, and I know that you guys are a great part of your life. So let's get to what we're going to talk about. So I want to be sure everybody knows, as I mentioned earlier, Bunny and I started in the first grade together. 
she was a great basketball player, even early on on the playgrounds of Reynolds. And we were played at every recess together with other kids our age. But Bunny went on to be a huge part of a basketball team that won 132 straight games. There were five straight state championships. Bunny was a part of four of those. I guess there was an undefeated team before you came on. But, Bunny, you guys were also undefeated at the junior high school in Reynolds. I mean, you never knew what it was to lose a game till you were a senior in high school and the and the streak got broken. Am I right? From the eighth grade on, I didn't lose a game till my senior year. Um, my first year, we lost a, a, a game, and I remember Coach Helms, Harold Helms, saying, three measly points. We just needed three measly points. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Mr. Helms was a great guy. He probably didn't know a whole lot about basketball, but he was willing to do whatever. He hauled us all over everywhere, drove the bus, coached the team, got home late at night. I look back on that and think, wow, he was doing a lot. I know he was reading and learning about basketball as he was trying to teach it to us, I think. Right, Bunny? Yes, and uh, he was a, uh, a great help to me in my basketball career, and he loved to talk about it the rest of his life. He became a great fan. Right. I think of all of us. I would look up and see him in the stands and games I was playing. I was at another school, but he'd come to some of those games. He, he followed us. He became a fan of his former uh, players. I know that. He so, sure did. So, with 132 straight games, the interesting thing about this, your husband, Mark, who's sitting here with me, he played for the same coach, and he's a little bit older than us, but you guys have a unique story in that. Uh, why don't you talk about that, Mark? Coach Carter was the only coach I ever had from sixth grade on. When he, he came here in the early 60s, when we were in sixth grade, he, he put together three or four teams and got some high school boys to coach us. And we played a little schedule. And then he coached junior high, and he coached B team, and he coached varsity boys and girls. So I don't know how he worked all that in. But anyhow, in high school, our last two, my last two years, which was the first two years of the existence of Taylor County High School, we won 56 games and lost 16 in two years. We were 30 and six my junior year when we won the state championship. And then we were 26 and 10 my senior year when we got put out in the first round of the state tournament. But we we got to play in in uh, Christmas tournaments in Macon in front of big crowds over there. Yep. And you, you, you know, for a country boy from Taylor County that grew up on the Butler level, that was big doing back in 1965 and 1966. And like Bunny said, that that was a major part of my life. It, it was. A, big part of, of my development as a person, I suppose. There's two things I say about that. One, you had game. I remember watching you play, and I remember watching those teams. And you were – I think you were a point guard, wasn't you, Mark? But you were, yeah, you were out front, and you could play, you could shoot, you could score, you could handle the ball. You, know, you did all that. But the second thing that you just said is, I think, the theme of this conversation we're having, you learned a heck of a lot about life playing basketball, not only playing this game, but you learned a heck of a lot by uh, 
being under the tutelage of an amazing man, Norman Carter. And I think both of you have that in common. My wife, as you know, Bunny, was part of that team. Coach right. Carter was her hero, is her hero uh, all of her life. I mean, he was just such an important part of her life. Of course, basketball is what got it started, but it was a lot more than that. I remember her, him being there for her when her daddy died, when she was a junior in high school. And he just, he influenced a lot of people. And I, I think part of this conversation, and probably a lot of it, is going to be about his influence. But, Bunny, before we get into that, I know that winning 132 straight games doesn't come without a lot of stress. There were close calls. There were times that you blew people out, obviously, but there were also times that you wondered if you were going to win. You had some interesting stories of some of these games, so I I don't want to put you on the spot, but kind of talk a little bit about some of these close calls you have when all of a sudden you've got this streak on the line. Everybody knows it. You're written up in the paper everywhere you go. you got a target on your back. Uh, you get in games, and sometimes it, it takes everybody to pull the win out. So talk a little bit about that. I always say that our story of the Lady Vikings winning streak years, 1967-72, begins and ends with Coach Carter because he uh, coached boys and girls during his early years, and then he started coaching just the girls. Thank goodness for that, because he was able to give his whole time and thoughts to the girls' game. So we won 132 games, and looking back on that, I go, how in the world did that happen? That's just amazing. It was a lot of fun. Um, Nietzsche, was it stressful? I can't say that it was um, because Coach Carter gave us so much confidence. He started off by building you up as a player, as a person, and then he would tell you how to beat these good teams, and it would just work. Everything that he would tell us to do would work, or he would change it to something else. We would just do what he said. We would run over to the timeout. We'd do like he said and look him straight in the eye and listen. And then we'd go back on the court and try our best to do exactly what he had told us in that one-minute timeout. Uh, We're talking to Mark and Bunny Harris. They live in Taylor County out near the Crowell community now. Both were close friends and of Norman Carter, a legendary basketball coach. They're still kicking. I hope, Coach Carter, you're listening to this. And they both uh, have extreme respect for him, as does many people in town, but they're both very close to him. You just use the term respect. The the girls respected Coach Carter, but they were also deathly afraid of him. (laughs) True. (laughs) true. We weren't afraid of him, but we had a tremendous respect for him. Yeah. And, And, you know, that, that, we weren't afraid to offer an opinion. And in, in our state championship game, we caught Adrian in the fourth quarter and went a little bit ahead of him. And at a timeout, we, we had gone into a, a zone press. And at the timeout, Coach Carter called timeout and said, okay, so let's come out of the press now. And about three of us in unison said, Coach, we don't want to come out of the press. And he said, okay, stay in the press then. The girls never would have, have, no. have done anything like that. Another point, another point I'd like to make is, 
is that Bunny's teams, probably 80 to 90% of the games that y'all won, y'all were a lot better than the teams you were playing. In, in our case, we beat a bunch of teams that were better than us. Right. And and the reason that we beat them was because Coach Carter told us how we could beat them. And, and we followed his instructions and did what he told us to do. And he made us believe we could beat them. One of my all-time favorite games was against Warner Robins High School. My junior year, they were undefeated, ranked number one in the state in AAA. And we beat them in the Christmas tournament in May. And looking back on it, we had no idea that the team that we weren't supposed to beat them. Right. Because right. Coach Carter he went into it like he would with any other team and told us what to do, and it worked out for us. Now, yeah. if we if we had played them five games, they would have beat us at least three and maybe four out of five games, but we didn't have to beat them but once, and we did. <laughs> Coach Carter only coached for 12 years, and so... That's incredible to even think about that, isn't it? I know, and so the first seven years that he coached, he learned a lot about girls and their nature, (laughs) and he, um, by the time he got to us, he had become a motivator, but he also was a little bit scary. (laughs) 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 That we were scared of him. Um, I can just say that for real. We were. Yeah. Well, Kathy says the same. Kathy was loved him, respected him, put made a hero, but scared to death of him. Right. And we wouldn't say much to him. We wouldn't cut up too much around him a little bit, but not too much. And it's funny to us when we see the girls that played on him before those last five years, what a different relationship they had. And he's told me over the years some of the stories of things that happened and that he learned from about how to handle girls. And then, of course, Bruce, you know the rest of his story that throughout his life he became such a leader and um, particularly women because he was in education and a lot of uh, the employees especially in earlier years as teachers were women and then he moved on to the golden rule um, where he worked with rehab for women he started that from scratch to give people an opportunity that couldn't afford to have women to have a place to go to to go into rehabilitation for drugs and alcohol, and he did that many years. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think Mark, by what you said, and Bunny, what you said, he's kind of like everybody else. He started, he was learning as he went. Mark, you had him early on, and by the time Bunny came along, he had learned a lot from the others. So his, the way he handled his team probably had changed. Something that I always like to point out was that 132-game winning streak started with the last game of the year in 1967. Right. The, the girls would have won a state championship that year, which would have been six consecutive instead of five consecutive, but the best player broke her ankle in the, in, uh, in the opening round, I guess, of the region tournament. Right. Think. It was. And they and they got beat. They played the next night without her, and they won the consolation game, 
the played a consolation game that right, year. Right, right. So the first game of that night of that uh, 132 game win streak was was the last game of the year in 1967. So and and those girls, I don't think they had lost that year. They had. They had. That was that was they had won 25, 26, 27 consecutive games. So that would have been closer to a hundred and sixty game winning streak if it hadn't been that for that broken ankle. I did not know that story, Bunny. One of the things that always impressed me and may have been is and maybe the most impressive of anything I've ever known about this team. When you guys finally lost, and I know you lost in Perry, and you had won 132 straight games, the remarkable thing to me is you came back after that devastating loss, after you guys had won 132 straight games, and still won the state championship. And that has a lot to do with the players, the coach. That's a heck of a story to me. And so just talk about that game when you finally lost First loss you've experienced since you were into the seventh grade. Bruce, you don't cry telling me about it. <laughs> okay, good. I, I, I always cry telling about it. <laughs> yeah, we had won all those games, and I just thought it would go on through the rest of that year, my senior year. And I wanted it to so badly because I wanted to say I'd never lost during my whole high school career. And Sandra was the same way. My best running mate, Sandra Arnold, because we played together. So we went over to Perry. We had already played Perry at home. At that time, you played games like um, you'd play Perry home and then you'd play them away. Well, our home game was close. We had had close games with Perry every year. They were um, a good team and they were from a bigger school than us, too. For sure. When we got to Perry, the gym was packed with people. People had gotten there early just to get a seat. And you won't find many people from Taylor County that will uh, admit that they weren't there. Everybody you talked to, oh, I was there. I was there. But um, the game rocked on. We were way ahead at halftime, 13 points. We got um, into the third quarter, and things started going really um, bad for us. We started, uh, they started coming back. We had a lot of calls against us. And we started having a, a little slump in, in our scoring. So the next thing you know, it was back and forth. We were really close with them. And I remember into the fourth quarter, I would look up at the score and I think, gosh, we are behind or we are just a point ahead what's going to happen so it got rocked on down to the end of the game and i had um filed out with just a few seconds left um i was on the bench looking at the score and thinking, how many times did you file out in your life very few no yeah. very few because yeah. i rarely got to play a whole game because you were so far ahead I was never really aggressive. I remember Coach Carter telling me many times and early on when he was training me, get mean, because <laughs> he wanted me to be more aggressive. And, and I would try my best. And eventually, I, I guess I did get more aggressive about rebounding and playing defense. Right there at the end of the game, um, Shirley, who was our wonderful uh, point guard and uh, forward, 
she filed out and then I filed out. We were sitting on the bench, you know, just seeing the clock tick down. We ended up losing by five points. It was just devastating when we looked up there and, and saw that it was ticking down. And the crowd, of course, was just going crazy. They were seeing something that they'd never seen before. Taylor County getting beat. Yeah, yeah. Um, Perry, that had been their goal for many years to beat Taylor County, and they were getting close to doing it. They had a good team. I knew some of those girls because I'd been to Norman Carter Basketball School with them, <laughs> particularly three of them the summer before over at Tift College. So I knew them. It was just a, a really good team with a really good coach, and we lost. You lost, and then you all were obviously very, very, again, you were young teenage girls. You are very emotional. And then Coach Carter, what did he tell you guys when you came in the locker room? When the game got over, we went immediately to the dressing room. The crowd started pouring out of the stands onto the floor. And we wound our way into the dressing room, and we just sat there. <laughs> Mark's laughing because I'm starting to get teary. How many years has that been? 50? Yeah, 51. Why She's still crying? crying about it today. No, I love I'm it. Female, I, I love guess. it. No, but it's, anyway, um, we sat there and we didn't say anything. We just sat in the locker room with Coach Carter with us. And after a <laughs> After a while, folks, this is real stuff. You can tell this is uh, you talking about major event in somebody's life. You're listening to it right here. It helped form her, and it helped form her husband. And that's where we're getting at. Uh, uh, they wouldn't give a million dollars for the wins, and really, at this point, the loss of what you learned from it. But, Bunny, go ahead and tell the story. <laughs> so, we were sitting there, and Coach Carter said. Would y'all like to go over and congratulate the other team? And we said, yes, we would. <laughs> and so, okay, let me try that again. <laughs> okay, you're doing good. <laughs> Coach Carter said, would you like to go over and congratulate the other team on this uh, defeat of, of the Taylor County Lady Vikings? And, and we all looked up nodded our heads. Most of us couldn't speak at that point. So we went over. We could already hear from their locker room the cheers and yells and pounding on lockers and just the celebration of women. That was, you know, important to them. That was their sure. season. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We were still just numb what had happened. So we went over and we shook hands with every one of them. You know, spoke to them, hugged some of them that we knew, and congratulated their coach. And then we went back to our dressing room, and still we could hear just bedlam going on in the gym. And they said they had to postpone the boys' game for 30 minutes. I'm sure. You could, just having so, so much going on out there with all the fans on the floor and people milling around and talking about it and discussing it. Today, they would have been tweeting it out and <laughs> calling people on their cell phones. True. Of course, that didn't happen, but there were, there were some uh, sad fans as well 
They were just as devastated as we were. One funny story to me, not funny exactly, but moving story to me is that our scorekeeper was not allowed to keep the score during the boys' game because she was so emotional and crying so hard that the other official told her that she could not sit up there like that. And so somebody else had to keep the score scorebook for Taylor County during the, the boys' game. A lot of players, former players, came from long distances to that game because they knew it was going to be a good game and they wanted to be there to, to cheer us on. The coach of their team was quoted in the paper as saying, I've got it on uh, film, folks, called Sports Illustrated. And I've always wondered if they really had it on film. I don't know. Uh, I heard rumors that they would gather sometimes and watch it. Really? Um, that coach is gone now. And I did have one of their players, a, a friend or cousin of one of their players, buy one of them a book. And she actually has the game ball from oh. that game. Wow. And I'd like to contact her. Uh, and see if that film really does exist. I might might be able to watch it now. <laughs> I don't know if I could or not. Maybe somebody from Perry is listening to this, and maybe they will uh, say, yes, I've, I know where that film is. That would be great. So uh, with all that emotion and all was going on, 132 straight games, it's broken. You continued on, and you won state again. So you didn't lose a you actually did lose another game that year, didn't you? But you still won state. Is that right? Right. We lost two more games. Two more games. Mm-hmm. But you ended up winning the state championship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the newspaper, of course, there were articles that came out. And uh, the AP and the UPI, the United Press International, both of those picked up the story. The editor of the Taylor County News, Jimmy Cosey at the time, gave me the copy of the the news report that would come in over. It was on small yellow paper, and it would come in to all newspapers. He gave me a copy of that, and we heard that it was announced as far away as uh, Pennsylvania over the radio and there were all kinds of uh, stories that came in about how far away and how far reaching this story was when we lost. Hmm. In the Making Telegraph, the writer said, Taylor County is lost and everyone's wondering what's going to happen next, you know. Well, I sat down <laughs> and wrote him a letter. <laughs> Here I go again. <clears throat> I love it. Love it. <laughs> So I wrote him a letter and I said, uh, we're going to win the state. We're going to, to continue on with our winning ways and we're going to win. And so that was probably the best story that came out of the whole thing was we picked back up. We continued on. Our coach knew just what to do. He always knew what to do. And we ended up winning state. Folks, you're, you're listening to Bunny and Mark Harris, and you're, you're listening to a valuable, valuable lesson. When the rug was pulled out from under them, they continued on and picked themselves up and ended up winning state anyway. Bunny, you said 
that Coach Carter wanted you to be more aggressive. That was a pretty aggressive letter you wrote to Mike DeSalle. Uh, I think it, it was it was rubbing off on you. <laughs> right. I love it. Bunny, didn't you tell me that Coach Carter would tell y'all at the beginning of the season that the goal was to win state? Right. The goal was not necessarily to continue the winning streak, but their goal was to win the state championship. Right. Right. And that's yep. what they did. Yeah. Yep. I'm sure that was a way of him to take a little bit of pressure off those girls, too. To, so if they did lose, it wouldn't be the end of the world. It worked, that's for sure. Right. Our next loss came against Warner Robins, and we had had some tremendous games with them in the past as well. We had played a two-overtime game my junior year against Warner Robins. And you're talking about pressure when you've got, I think it was about 109 games straight, and you look up and it's tied and you got to play an overtime and try to win. And then you look up and it's tied and you got to play a second overtime and try to win. We won that. They had some great players, last second shots, and, and we did too, and ended up winning that game. And that was during the days of Rover Rule. So it was tiring to play that long, but we made it and won. Then the second game we lost was um, unusual because it was the during the sub-region tournament. And that was where the games got really important when you got into the tournaments because if you lost, you were going home. But we fortunately lost during the finals of sub-region. And we were playing Harrelson County, who we played many times that year. We were in the region with them my junior and senior year. They were rivals with us. They were a good team. They had a good coach. And she was a lady coach. And they were out to get us. We're out to beat us. During the finals of the sub-region, Harrelson County beat us. Well, that was devastating, too. But it was okay because we got to keep playing. We just meant that we went into region as the second place team in the sub-region. And can you imagine that? We had never been thought of as second place in our lives. Hmm. But we got to go in the region and in second place. And fortunately, we kept winning all the way through state. And we ended up playing them the finals of state. So we played Harrelson County five times that year. Hmm. Two times in regular season one time in sub-region when they beat us finally the goal of their season for two years then we played them in the finals of region and then we played them in the finals of state and those folks i'm still friends with today winning is difficult and being successful is difficult and it's not you don't you're not always successful if you are successful. You have bumps in the road. You have to overcome obstacles. All those things that were going on, the lessons learned during those years, you've carried with you the rest of your life. So, Bunny, I want to be sure to also visit the fact that although Coach Carter was a great coach, obviously, and everybody knows that, a great leader of people. I want to talk about some of those things. But he also had great talent. And I know that you went on to play basketball at Middle Georgia College. Then you played at the University of Georgia. I think you still have the single game 
high scoring for women's basketball at Georgia. Just talk about – I know you don't like to do this. Mark, you may have to do it for her, but I won't be, be sure to give her credit for uh, – she was obviously a – I guess you'd say the chief cog in this team. Obviously, like she says, it takes everybody to win. But she was certainly a major, major part of all that and went on to be uh, not only an educator and a great person in life, but she she set some records along the way uh, too. So I, I got to get you to talk about it. Bunny, if you want, Mark, I'll let you do it. <laughs> we didn't even know who was scoring the most points. We didn't even know who was getting the most rebounds or who was uh... – causing the most turnovers when they were playing defense. It was just, somebody's got to do it, and somebody did it, and we would win. So, and that's that's true. I don't have an idea of how many points I scored because so many of the uh, games, we don't have the book anymore to see how many were scored. Right. Probably six or seven years ago, did this, the, the Telegraph ran a series of articles. I think the name of it was By the Numbers. And what they did was they picked out a player from middle Georgia with each number who was one of the best players for that number just in different sports. Just to give you an idea, Herschel Walker was one of the ones that they featured. Well, when it came to number 35, it was Boone. They picked Booney as the outstanding middle Georgia athlete with, a, with with that number. And that guy had really done a lot of research because Booney said that he went into some stuff and some statistics that he didn't even know about. And I think you probably averaged close to 30 points a game, didn't you, Booney? No, not over the whole career. Maybe one year. I don't know. Uh, um, and Sissy Riley was a high score, too. And then... But she was there just. Was, she was there just one of those years when. Two years. Oh, she was yeah. two years. Okay, two yeah. Years. Okay, good. One okay. before I got there. That's and right. And then one right. my ninth grade year, which yeah. influenced me and Sandra more than anything that else that happened was playing with those Riley girls. Well, folks, you can see Bunny's not going to be bragging on herself, but I just tell you. Mark and I know she was a great basketball player and not just a great, she was elite high school basketball player. And I do want to get that you mentioned Herschel Walker. You're on a plaque and both of us, Bunny, are graduates at University of Georgia. You're on a monument up there. Your name is on it. Well, what is that for? I played at Georgia two years after going to middle Georgia my first two years. Georgia had not started basketball but one year before I got up there, and interesting little trivia, I played against Georgia their very first game. Oh, really? At that time, they had uh, part-time coaches. I was from middle Georgia, and we went up there to play. And I'll tell you the difference in women's basketball from then to now. We played them in the old women's PE building, and they kept the score on a chalkboard and the time on a chalkboard. They would erase it and write how much time was left every now and then. And they would change the score on that chalkboard. And the girls told me later that played that they didn't have uniforms. They all had to go over to the um, student center and buy a jersey. And the jerseys all had number 11 on them. And so they had to take tape and make different numbers for that game. 
like they had to turn that 11 into 41. You had gone uh, backwards from what you experienced with all the crowds at Taylor County High School in the Exactly backwards. You, you had gone and, backwards then, yeah, gracious. But then you then came I, to Georgia, and then what happened? Then at Georgia, that was the uh, my first year. Um, I went to find out about the game, about the coach, and about tryouts. I went over and left her a note on her office door. And I said, I'm Bunny Fuller. I played at Middle Georgia. We won state last year in junior colleges. I played at uh, Taylor County. We won state four years in a row. And I was most valuable in the state for three of those tournaments and state tournaments. And uh, I would like to try out. Well, here's my number. Here's my phone number. So she did call me later on that day. And she said, uh, you sound interesting, but we've already started we've already had the physicals we've already had one get one tryout day and she said but this is the weekend we're going to practice again monday night but you would have to have a physical before then and i said okay i can get a physical i can go home to reynolds georgia and get a physical so i went home and i got dr sams to do a physical form for me and i went back up there and showed up at the practice on monday night well, I did just fantastic. <laughs> it was one of those nights where you could shoot up anything and it would go in. I impressed a lot of the players. I don't know if I impressed the coach much, but I, I impressed myself that night. And then at the end, we had to shoot 25 free throws. And I remember the manager came over there and rebounded for me. I was over at one of the side goals because I didn't know any of the other players. And I rang 25 in a row, which was unusual for me because I was not much of a free throw shooter. Yeah, but right. I was determined. This was a challenge to me, and I was determined. And so I rang those, and I heard the manager go over there and say, Coach Hamra, she just rang 25 in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and so All of a sudden, you were hired, you know, right? <laughs> my name was on the list as being on the team. And, and it was a lot of fun. And then two honors that I got up there uh, that have continued on till today was in the media guide this year, I was shocked to see that my 37 points that I scored in a game, another one of those times when you shoot and everything goes in. And it was a tournament up in South Carolina that we played. And we had to play two games in one day, by the way. And that second game, I scored 37 points. Well, it's still in the top 10 of scorers, um, of single game scoring records, that 37 points. It's uh, like tied for about six with about five or six other people. Now, this has got the greats from the 1980s in women's basketball up there on it, so I'm very honored. And then the second thing is there's a monument out behind Stegman Coliseum that a lot of people walk by when they're up there at football games and so on. And every now and then somebody will call you, call me and say, I saw Bunny Fuller in 1976 leading the top of this side that says Scholar Athletes. So yeah, if they ever start to move that monument, get those students to go lay down on it so they can't move it. <laughs> what a story. But my second year at Georgia, we got to move to Stegman. 
that was a really big deal. Yeah. I do want to talk about, and I want each of you to do this, to talk about some of the major life lessons you learned under Coach Carter. I think Coach Carter, has he's in the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame, as we've already mentioned, an outstanding person. He helped form a lot of lives way beyond basketball. So, I mean, I can think of leadership lessons, teamwork, the relentless hard work. He put you guys through the ringer, boys and girls, overcoming difficult circumstances. He scheduled difficult games. He was willing to lose in the middle of the, the winning streak. He didn't. He wasn't living defensively. He was playing. He'd schedule games with the best teams. The focus on fundamentals, uh, the way he communicated, I, as Bunny mentioned earlier, eye to eye. He'd look at you in the eye. In a minute, he would give you an hour's worth of instructions almost. These long-term relationships he built, keeping you cool instead of panicking when things are going wrong, which Bunny's already talked about. How to lose with class. We all need to learn that. How to overcome adversity. This whole thing about sportsmanship. You heard that story in Perry. So, And they own and own. So I want you guys, each of you, to pick out one or two things that, that are the greatest lessons that you learned from him that you're living, carrying out even today. Mark, I'll start with you since Bunny's been doing a, a lot of talking. I guess that uh, the, the major lesson that I didn't realize at the time that I was learning was also a carryover from being on the farm and the things that my my daddy taught me is that hard work pays off. And and that if you got a job to do, you need to make sure you do that job right and you do it to completion. And and as far as basketball was concerned, the way that you did that was that you learned the fundamentals that that Coach Carter was teaching you. And and you you took those drills that you went through in each practice, you took those seriously because you knew that he was teaching you something that was going to make you win. I, I didn't know this at the time, but, but my brother Sandy, who coached for Coach Carter, told me that Coach Carter had a schedule of each practice down to the minute of which drills that you were going to go through. We went through defensive drills and, and we you know, we did uh, practice screen and roll. You, you played ball, you know all of this. And, and there was no wasted time there. there. There was a purpose for everything that you did. So so that that was one of the major things that, that he taught me. What you're saying is so true. There's, there's a mentality today. We've got this short shortcut mentality that you can be successful by cutting corners, and you can maneuver around and, and bypass the hard work it takes to get there. This success that Coach Carter had was not an accident. It was a lot of hard work, detailed, fundamental hard work that caused that success. And that is true in all our lives. You won't have long-term success if you don't put the work in. So if it's some young person listening to this, and I'm sure it will be, hear this story. You want to make it? then work your butt off. There's no shortcuts to making it in life. You've got to work hard. And as Mark said, you got to focus on the fundamentals to even be able to do that. The year we won the state championship in four games, you can go back and you can look at the line score and all four teams outscored us from the field. We would shoot something like 21 for 26 from the free throw line. 
and, and beat them with free throws. Funda- fundamentals. I know, I know Kathy, when she's watching a game and she sees these guys missing free throw, she goes nuts. She says, that is crazy <laughs> because she was taught the same way you were. Yeah, that's good stuff. Bunny, what about you? What what jumps out? I know you got so many memories, so many lessons from who the man that really was your mentor in life outside of your immediate family. I know he was. Uh, what what are the greatest lessons you learned from him? One of the main ones I learned is that you can be strict but still show love for somebody. Coach Carter could do that the best of anyone I've ever seen. Um, and still to this day, we have that little shaking in our shoes when we see him and we feel like, um, you know, stand up a little taller, do a little better, put me in coach, I'm ready to play, that mentality. Uh, He says you can't be a lovable coach and a strict coach, but he was, he was was very much um, a building relationship type person. I saw that after I wrote my book about the Lady Vikings and had the book signing and there were people there from all walks of his life. Every one of them had some story of something he told them that made a difference in their their whole life. And they had that personal relationship with him. They just couldn't wait to see him. They were just waiting in line to come by and just talk to him a few minutes that was uh he, he set a great example of what a leader is didn't he bunny he did exactly we would prepare for any kind of situation in a game we spent a lot of time on the end of the game and what what you should do if the score if you're one point ahead and there's two minutes left what what you should do And so many times watching games now, like you were talking about, Kathy watches games and says different things. Those things still come back to us as what you should do. Because we had prepared for it, we were ready for any kind of situation. Practice and preparation was the key to our winning. And Coach Carter's told me before that he knew I didn't like practice much, but I just came alive during the games. (laughs) And that's so true on many things about my life. I mean, he could just peg you in a short time and know what you were like and what motivated you. It's amazing. Just an amazing person. I'm so thankful I had the opportunity to play under him. If you don't think high school sports and basketball has an impact on your life, for you young parents, listen to what they're saying. You get under the right person. Buddy and I watched a, a women's game two SEC teams. I don't think Georgia was playing in this game. And it was it was late in the game and Bunny made the statement that the team that was trailing by one or two or maybe three points, Bunny made the statement and said, you know what? So they hadn't got a clue about what to do, have they? <laughs> right. And, and it was obvious that those girls just didn't know what to do. They hadn't been coached. Right. And, and that was something, you know, you might not always get it done like it was supposed to be done, but any of Coach Carter's teams knew what to do in most situations. Bunny, uh, you wrote a book about this Taylor County Viking team. There was once a team. It's a great book. Tell people how they can get the book to hear this entire story of the 132 straight games of Taylor County Lady Vikings. The book's name is There Was Once a Team, 
and it tells the story of our winning streak, but so much more is in all those stories. And if you know somebody that played basketball, particularly three-on-three, four-on-four, and then uh, into five-on-five, you'll get some things from that story. If you've got a young child that's coming along and loving basketball, there are the fundamentals that Coach Carter told us, and, and they still work today. You can read about those, read about disappointment that we had toward the end of the, my senior year when we lost the winning streak, but then we came back and won the state. So to get a copy of that book, you can go to Amazon and you can find the book and buy it there. Or you can contact me either through Facebook, I'm on there, Messenger, I'm on there. And you can let me know that you want a copy. I'll be glad to put one in the mail to you. I hope you would enjoy it. I've had many people tell me that they've read it numerous times. It just amazes me, the success that it's had. I love most when I hear stories from people who played other places and they say, I could just substitute some of the names and remember things that happened during the time that I played basketball. So to promote women's basketball, but mostly to bring honor to my coach and and my teammates, I wrote this book. Well, it's worth getting, folks. Bunny Harris, Bunny Fuller Harris. I think you're on Facebook as Bunny Fuller Harris or just Bunny Harris? That's right, Bunny Fuller Harris. Bunny Fuller Harris. You can find her, send her a note. It's worth reading. If you already read it, you may want to pick it up and read it again. You may get a completely different message from it the second time. I've read it twice for sure. So you said something about honoring your coach. And, Mark, I'm going to let you. I hope that Coach Carter is going to hear this. And I know you can speak for many guys that played for Coach Carter. He just didn't coach women. He was also uh, girls. He also coached guys. Talk to Coach Carter. What what did he mean to you? Just give a message to him, Mark. It's hard. I, I would tell coach that I appreciate him giving a little short, chubby, slow guy <laughs> the chance to play, you know, and, and and the chance from time to time to do something to excel. And I appreciate him teaching me those fundamentals that we were talking about, not only fundamentals of basketball, but fundamentals of life, that hard work pays off. And, and there again, I mentioned my daddy a while ago. Those were the two greatest influences in my life was my daddy and Coach Carter. And they both were a lot alike, are a lot alike. They're both great leaders and they do well at inspiring, I guess, for lack of a, another word, somebody to do the best they can at whatever it is that they're trying to do. And if they, and I appreciate him when he saw me doing something wrong to straighten me out and make me do it right. I can remember to this day, word for word, some of the good things that he told me about what I was doing. And I can also remember some of the times that I wasn't doing just exactly what I should be doing. And he straightened me out on that too. <laughs> so so, so that, that's what I'd like to coach know is how much I appreciate him and his influence on my life. And I know you're speaking for a lot of other guys that played for him or uh, knew him and who he influenced. Bunny, what's your message to Coach Carter? Well, Coach, thanks so much for the influence that you've had on my life. You were um, just meant all the world to me next to my parents. You're right up there at the top of the list. The things I learned from you include 
every facet of my life, you've influenced me because I'll think about things you told me or I know I could pick up the phone and get some advice from you at any time during my life and it would be quick and to the point. That's the main thing I remember about Coach Carter is that he could analyze the situation, tell you what to do and be done with it. And then you could take that advice or you didn't have to, but it was always, in my case, excellent advice about me, my family, anything that I wanted to ask him about. I love you, Coach. I always will. Tree Undertaker